I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Foundation Command 02, Washington, D.C., Monday, 26 December 1988, 07.55 hours local. Harper had only just removed his coat and set down his briefcase when Monica walked in holding a message. Flash traffic from Finland, Mr. Harper, she said. G-13 reached C's warehouse in Helsinki, only to have it blow up in their faces. Muir swore loudly. Harper pursed his lips and said, have the watch office keep us surprised of the situation. Monica nodded and left. Harper turned to Muir. Feel like doing an interrogation? Sure, Muir replied, pulling his artificial leg off his desk with a dull thunk. Who are we talking to? Nick Ford, Harper replied. He's down in the dungeon. Be warned, Zimmerman's been at him already. Muir shook his head. That gorilla? Will the administration never learn? The two men took the elevator down to basement level five. Nicknamed the dungeon by Commando 2 staff, it housed the humanoid containment cells and interrogation facilities. As a foundation command, O2 was only permitted to house SCPs classified as safe, one of the key reasons for having another command so geographically near Overwatch HQ was because that facility and its staff was strictly forbidden from having any direct contact with SCPs. Command O2 served as a useful middle ground. Because of the restrictions on what entities could be housed at Command O2, the dungeon generally housed non-anomalous security risks such as a researcher, believed of selling the Foundation out to the Chaos Insurgency. At the security desk, Harper and Muir checked in, confirming the transfer of authority to Harper from Zimmerman for Dr. Ford. How do you want to play this, Tim? asked Muir. The fact that Zimmerman had tortured Ford invalidated the possibility of doing good cop, bad cop. I met him in Oman, Harper said. You handle it as you see fit, and I'll only come in if necessary. Muir nodded as they entered the observation room. Looking through the one-way mirror, they saw their subject. Dr. Nicholas Ford, formerly director of Foundation Research Site 29, was a broken man. Bruised and bloodied, his left eye swollen and missing three fingernails on his right hand, he sat naked and chained to a cold steel chair in the center of the interrogation room. There were scars on his genitals and nipples where electrodes had been attached. He was sobbing quietly. Picking up the telephone handset in the observation room, Muir called for a physician and a set of clothes. Two minutes later, he and a medical doctor 
walked into the interrogation chamber. Dr. Ford, I'm Troy Muir, said the former field spook. Let's get you cleaned up. Can I offer you a glass of water? Ford nodded weakly. As the physician began tending to Ford's injuries, Muir held a glass of water with a straw to the man's lips. With that simple act of kindness, Muir established himself as a fellow human being who cared about the welfare of the subject, rather than a monster to be feared and hated. Within 20 minutes, Ford was bandaged, dressed, and beginning to feel some personal dignity again. Dr. Ford, do you think you could tell me about what happened at Research Site 29? Muir asked as the physician left. Are you up to that? I think so, rasped Ford. He took a sip of water. Take all the time you need, Muir said gently. Slowly, Ford explained how, just after Harper left, the sandstorm had overtaken the site. Nobody had realized anything was wrong until masked men with AK-47s burst into the command tent. The one who seemed to be the leader had pointed at Ford. He'd been taken through the storm to SCP-557, where he'd been tied up in one of the cells on level two. It had taken him hours to get untied and out of the cell, by which point the storm had passed. The facility staff was all shot or missing. Additionally, all the scrolls and translations believed to be related to 557-1 had been stolen. Then, the Foundation Mobile Task Force had shown up and hauled him off on suspicion of being a sleeper agent for the Chaos Insurgency. Just to be clear, you have no affiliation with the Chaos Insurgency, Muir asked. No, I'm not, Ford responded, tears coming to his eyes. I've been saying that since I was picked up, but nobody believes me. I believe you, Muir replied soothingly. I really do. Do you know why they singled you out? No, Ford whimpered. Like I told Zimmerman, if I knew why, I'd have said. Thank you, Dr. Ford, Muir said. I need to go now to work on clearing this whole thing up, okay? Ford, still crying, nodded tiredly. Leaving the room, Muir ordered the guards to take Ford back to his cell, but to treat him with all due respect and dignity. The old adage was right, honey gets one farther than vinegar. Torture, while very effective at getting prisoners to sing like canaries, never ever produced good, actionable intelligence. Though Hollywood and writers of pulp spy thrillers insisted on perpetuating the myth to the contrary, students of the history of espionage and interrogation knew that this had always been the case. Not even the Nazis or the Soviets had been able to effectively make it work efficient as they were at methodically inflicting pain without killing the subject. Unless the goal was to physically and psychologically scar the subject while turning the interrogator into a callous, unfeeling monster, both of which amounted to actions more punitive than interrogative. There was no reason to torture someone, and yet the Foundation sometimes tried to get information with it anyway. One more thing I'll change if I'm ever an overseer, Harper thought to himself. Not that that was likely to happen. As they walked back to their shared office, Harper asked, You really think he's innocent? Yep, Muir replied. You? Yes, the counterintelligence officer said. Old trick, Troy. Leave one innocent alive to throw the investigators off the trail of the real stooge.
Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0. I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly.